purpose into our lives. So let's dive deeper into the role that God has called us to be. Relax, grab some tea, hey, and chat episode for today I did want to give just a little bit of background so you all know that I breastfed both of my kids up until the age of one and this lady Jana who I have on here today was really um, instrumental in me making it through that entire time I was able to ask her all types of questions and whatnot so I recommend that if you are wanting to breastfeed your kiddo and um, I make this announcement huge in the beginning, in the beginning of the um, interview like you know I understand breastfeeding is not for everybody like and even if that isn't your plan to breastfeed and doesn't doesn't work out, that doesn't mean you're a bad mom or anything. If you formula fed your baby, like kudos to you too. Like <laughs> we just trying to keep these babies alive, okay? Like it's nothing wrong with any style of feeding. But um, if you are planning on breastfeeding, definitely listen to this episode and then you know try to find a lactation consultant um, maybe nearby. Maybe look up to other different communities, um, like certified lactation consultants and. Um, maybe if you have a friend that breastfed, you know, talk with them, but just know that everybody's advice, um, can be skewed to some extent. Um, but Jana is a certified lactation consultant. She has a lot of certifications in this area, which is why I wanted to bring her on here, especially. So, if it's something that you were interested in, or if you have a friend that's about to give birth, um, or anything like that, or maybe they just given birth and they're still kind of like trying to figure things out, send this episode to them. Um, cause this can really help them out. But, um, it's also just kind of interesting to hear about and to learn about. So again, this is a pen and paper type of episode. So grab your pen and paper. <laughs> Let's get ready for this episode. I hope you ladies enjoy. And please let me know because Jana is definitely open. If you want to dive a little bit deeper into breastfeeding, please let me know whether you guys hit us up on Instagram or send an email. Um, if you want to do a Q&A, you guys can send us some questions and we can answer them on another um, podcast episode. Uh, maybe sometimes next sometime next year but we can definitely do it I definitely wouldn't mind but let's go ahead and get into the interview I hope you enjoy oh one more thing um it may seem a, we may seem a little distracted <laughs> at certain parts um that's only because both of our kids who are very close in age um decided to you know come in at certain times during our episode so you may hear like a mommy <laughs> in the background before I was able to put some before I was able to put mine on mute um but I thought it was too funny we were sitting here trying to have like a conversation and it's like meanwhile you have like little people just like roam around <laughs> in the back so I hope that you guys enjoy hey hey mom friends welcome to another episode of the four moms podcast here where we get vulnerable about our postpartum to help each other through um, and we talk about that in regards to our faith um, just kind of like I said help each other through to help us find our peace and our purpose so we are here for you sis and we understand I'm your host Allison Nick and 
Today, we are in another part of our I Am Postpartum series. And today, as y'all have seen on um, Instagram, we are talking about breastfeeding. Now with this, um, I've breastfed both of my kids um, up to a year for both of them. And I've had different experiences for both. But with that being said, um, I was blessed to have someone in my life that I was able to go and call and talk to in regards to breastfeeding. Because I know that not everybody may have that. So I want to bring on Miss um, Jana Snodgrass. And um, she was actually, she is, not was, she is the wife of my first boss that I ever had in regards to having a vet tech job, like ever. And um, her and her husband hired me and I've had a great relationship with them. So um, obviously with um, postpartum, I wanted to talk about breastfeeding. So I wanted to bring her into the mix because she is the most educated woman I know in regards to this subject. So Miss Jana, obviously you heard she is a wife, she is a mommy of three. She is also a nurse for the past 25 years and the last five of those years working specifically in lactation. She is a certified lactation counselor and a certified breastfeeding educator and an international board certified lactation consultant. She has worked at JPS, which is a hospital in um, Fort Worth and Metroplex for the last four years. And there, and a year before that, I did her lactation internship with them. She was the first to ever go through their lactation program. And since then, they have had three other women or people, I shouldn't say women, people <laughs> go through as well. Um, before working in lactation, she was a newborn nursery as well. And she has also breastfed three of her children as well. So ladies, welcome. Miss Jana. Hey girl. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you asked me to do this. Of course, of course. So um, as I said on here before, um, you know, whenever I found out that I was, I had, I went to another job and I had found out I was pregnant. And I called you, I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm, having, <laughs> I'm having this baby, <coughs> excuse me. And I think at that time, so Joseph's about to be four, so this was maybe about five years ago. I think at that time, the trend of breastfeeding was kind of coming back into play. I don't know if you kind of feel that way. I do, because I think that was around the time where like, everything's supposed, you know, everybody's supposed to be eating better and like the whole vegan thing and gluten-free and then breastfeeding was kind of, coming back into it. But as we read in the bio, you breast had breasted all three of your children, your oldest being now 22. So this isn't new to you. <laughs> no, it's not. And I will tell you when she was um, a baby, I was so young and I didn't have any of the experience I do now. And they pretty much just told me here, you're going to here, have your baby breastfeed your baby. I hadn't really even thought about what mm -hmm. I was going to do. But, you know, then when I learned breastfeeding's better, um, it's, it's healthier for your baby, I was like, well, sure, that's what I'm going to do then. But, sure. um, yeah, I knew very little about it with my first. Yeah. And I do also want to point out that this is not like a, um, a shaming. We're not shaming people that don't breastfeed or that are formerly fed. I, I was a formula fed baby, obviously, like, look how well I turned out. But <laughs> My mom did not breastfeed. Exactly. So I do also want to say that this is not um, one of those episodes where we're saying like, you know, if you don't breastfeed, shame on you. Absolutely. But we are, but this has just been my personal experience. And I know people that want to breastfeed that may not have um, 
people around them that know as much. I have a friend now, she's giving birth in December and she wants to breastfeed. So we've been telling her different things. She was like, well, my midwife for my doula, like I just said, I want to breastfeed because I heard it's better for you, but I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason for this episode, guys. It's just for information. If you have a formula fed baby or um, if you're feeding right now, or you had some people have the intentions of um, breastfeeding. I have cousins and my niece had the intentions of breastfeeding, but they couldn't. Their supply just wouldn't come in. We're not saying it's anything wrong. <laughs> so I just want to put that out there real quick. Okay. All right. So as you were saying, um, some, some of the benefits to breastfeeding. So obviously we always hear the main one, it helps moms lose weight. But what yeah. are the more benefits of breastfeeding for the mom and for the baby? Okay. So some of the benefits for uh, mom, other than losing weight, it does reduce your risk of breast cancer. And as you get older, that's really something you think about more and more. And um, so that's a big one. It also reduces baby's risk of breastfeeding, or I'm sorry, of breast cancer um, when they get older. Um, but it also reduces risk of diabetes for moms. And I know like with my third, I had gestational diabetes. And when you breastfeed, it greatly reduces the risk that you will get type two, full-blown type two diabetes. So um, that's a huge benefit. And the longer you can breastfeed, the better uh, for, as far as that goes. Uh, other benefits, uh, like for baby, less risk for um, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, allergies, asthma, uh, SIDS is a huge one. Um, when you are able to um, breastfeed, it drastically reduces the risk of SIDS, which is, you know, it, it's pretty big. It's like 50% reduction in SIDS if you're able to breastfeed a fair amount. Okay. So um, that in itself is huge. The other benefits, um, it's always warm and ready. <laughs> and it's always changing according to the age of your baby. So if your uh, baby is uh, a year old and you're still breastfeeding, you're going to have more carbohydrates in the milk because your baby's going to be up more active, walking possibly, and need more energy. Mm -hmm. If you have a premature baby, you're going to have extra antibodies and vitamins in there to help uh, a baby of that age grow uh, and, and fight off infection better. So there's so many good benefits, you know, you don't have to, of course, later on, you may want to pump your milk and put it into a bottle, but those late night feedings, you don't have to go get that bottle. You know, you're supposed to be sterilizing the water that you're using for formula. You're supposed to be sterilizing after the formula is in it. I mean, that's a pain, you know, getting those bottles ready, going to the store at two in the morning to get more formula because you're out. It's just so convenient just to, lay down or I shouldn't say lay down sit down with your baby and breastfeed yeah so She's those are the big ones I mean yeah. I can go on, on, on. yeah she had to say sit but please believe I definitely rolled over <laughs> so okay as far as that goes the hospitals will always 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 tell you not to sleep not to bring your baby to the bedroom okay mm -hmm. Because if, and they have to tell you, you know, across the board, don't do it. And the reason for that is because there's, you know, dad might've had a beer or might, you know, be smoking, no telling what, or, and there may be a sibling in the bed that rolls on top of the baby. So there's a lot of reasons, but statistically, if um, your husband is not, you know, doing those things and you don't have other children in the bed, um, the studies show that you curl your body, your knees up and around 
the baby and actually protect the baby. So it's safer if you're super, super sleepy, it's safer to breastfeed in bed than it is to do it in the recliner and risk that you're going to drop your baby, you know, or in the couch. There's more babies that get smothered in couches than, you know, in the bed. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely hearing those different statistics, kind of like, oh, you, you never knew that. Okay. But in the hospitals, we cannot tell you that. Yeah. Because there's too much of the other, you know, there's too many uh, rules with if you sleep in bed, then you have to do this, 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 and this, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're playing it safe, then that is what the, the stats show, that it's safer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some, like, what are like the top three tips that maybe first time moms that are breastfeeding should know? Okay. So the big one uh, would go back to kind of what we started with. Do your best. You know, um, I have so many moms that would come and um, their goal was to exclusively breastfeed. And for whatever reason, you know, they were exhausted or they um, had nipple trauma, you know, bleeding nipples or um, their baby was not waking up to eat. Um, there's a lot of reasons, too much weight loss, you know, all of those things that sometimes formula is necessary. You know, I'm not going to preach that you have to be exclusive no matter what. The baby does have to get fed. So occasionally formula is necessary and it's okay. It's okay. You know, you can't be too hard on yourself. All you can do is do the best you can. And that's got to be enough. And I've had so many moms in tears because their perfect vision of breastfeeding was to exclusively breastfeed. And it was just going to be beautiful. And and sometimes people can do that, but oftentimes people do have to add a little bit of formula. And there's um, some good rules that go with that that I can go over now or I can do it later if it's better. Sure. I mean, sure. So what I would tell you, if you do need to supplement, keep in mind the baby's stomach is literally the size of a bouncy ball. Okay, like the normal size bouncy ball. It's little, so they don't need much. And most of the time, you can hand express or you can have your nurse or your lactation consultant help you hand express enough to fill a spoon. And that is all the baby needs on the first day um, for a feeding. So, and a lot of moms are already leaking and have that amount, you know, from the get-go, you can, you can hand express it fairly easily and we can teach you how to spoon feed. Some hospitals may not allow spoon feeding. There's other ways to get it you know, you can finger feed it real simply. Um, so that's what I would say. Supplement with your own milk first, but if you're not able to do that, formula is available and only give a tiny bit, you know, five mils the first day is all you need for a feeding. So you see, the, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, you see these big bottles of formula come out, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the baby will suck it down because their suck reflex is so strong they suck, 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 suck. And then they blow that tummy up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of moms will say, you know, my baby was really hungry. No, it's about that suck reflex. They don't need all of that milk. So a lot of times moms are feeding 60 mils on the second day because they let their baby take so much. The baby spit up a lot. They thought it was, oh, the formula is not the right kind of formula. No, it's because the stomach is stretching, but so it's funny. not that big yet. Yeah. And I think that was some of the greatest advice that you gave me um, in the beginning was that um, was literally how small the baby's stomach was, because you think, um, even for me as being a first time mom, that, you know, 
oh, they need to eat, 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 eat. And, you know, like, you want to be sure that like, your baby's being fed. And it's like, but whenever they're a few days old, it's like, it's not, that's not, <laughs> you, you, you don't have, they don't have to get so much. They don't have to do all this. Right. And it's so um, it's not, great. it's not necessary. Well, I have guests that join me, so. <laughs> Just, Small frequent feedings, um, you know, if they're really small, they may tell you to feed every two hours. If they're, you know, average size, they may tell you every, you know, two to three. Um, some hospitals may just say feed on feeding cues. I still wouldn't go past every three hours uh, if, you know, in the beginning. If it's a, a large baby, like eight pounds or more, they're going to tell you probably feed every two hours. Um, you know, just getting the baby something just to help them maintain their blood sugar. Uh, hand expression, finger feeding if they're really sleepy, which is totally normal. The first 24 hours, that might be the next thing that I would tell new moms. Um, you know, the, the most in, important thing to do after you have your baby is that skin to skin time. They're going to put that baby on your chest, hopefully. <laughs> most hospitals do that now. They used to just, you know, take the whisk the babies over. Uh, to get shots and, and uh, baths and all of that. Now they have learned so much more. We know now that that skin to skin, that golden hour right after delivery is so important. And if for some reason they're not, you know, they're wanting to take baby, I would totally fight them on that. Um, if it's um, a C-section, things are a little different. You can request to have skin to skin in the OR, but if they don't have the staff available to stand there and hold the baby on your chest, then they may not let you do that, but some hospitals will do that. So that's important to um, ask them about that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something else through, because um, we, me and um, a friend, she and I were pregnant at the same time. We went to Jana's house and we had this huge breastfeeding class. I had like notes and journals and I was taking everything with me to the hospital. But I think the biggest thing, um, aside to all the knowledge that you gave us, was just advocating for your child. Like if this is something that what you want, don't let the hospitals kind of just tell you, well, we're going to do it this way. It's like, no, but I, I want to do this and I would like to do this and I'm not ready for that yet. And I'm not like, you definitely walked us through, um, like I said, in a sense, just advocating for what you would like to do and advocating for your kid first. Yeah. And um, that there's nothing wrong with you staring. I think especially for a first time mom, I know for me, it's just scary. You know, you have a lot of different things. My my uh, labor was just, you know, different and scary. And um, definitely the second time around, I was more vocal on what I wanted and what I needed people, who I needed in the room and who I didn't and what I needed to happen. So definitely like the second time around, it was different. But I think that's something that you definitely preached. Um, so I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely preach. <laughs> I do have to advocate because I will tell you, uh, you know, the hospital that I worked at um, is a teaching hospital. And so we would have these residents come in, newborn uh, residents, and they would come in and want to take the baby right after it was born. And uh, the nurses would actually tell them, no, you need to wait. This is important time for mom to spend with our baby. And the doctors would say, oh, okay, and then they would come back later. Uh, but it's just so incredibly important that the baby goes through the stages that it needs in order to get to the breast, and that requires skin to skin. Um, it also helps set up, you know, the, the microbiome, we call it, basically the bacteria on the, on the baby's body. All of that skin to skin you're doing with baby is important for the baby's immune system. 
um, the skin to skin, you know, not letting them give that baby a bath right away. If you can wait at least 24 hours um, before they do the bath so that that bacteria helps the baby's immune system. Um, that's the good bacteria, you know. Exactly, the good bacteria, exactly. Right. But if they're, can, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say there's a lot of stats that show that if babies are skin to skin, they, they lose a lot less weight. So mm -hmm. over the first, I would say week, two weeks, even month, the more skin to skin you do, the more your baby's gonna come to the breast because it's already there and it can smell the milk. Exactly. And, and that also, obviously, not only with mom, but with dad, too, we talk about that as well. Yeah. Skin to skin, yeah. not only for the mom, but for both parents to have. It's very important for the baby to have that can't, contact. Can't so much smell the milk on dad. Yeah. It yeah. keeps them in that mode of, you know, being more alert to eating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and staying warm. And one other interesting thing we know is that the mom's chest temperature changes according to the baby's temperature. Yeah. So if the baby's cold, then the mom's chest actually gets warmer. If the baby's hot, the chest gets cooler. Even with twins and you have a baby on each side, your breast, um, your each breast will change temperature, chest area, breast, you know, according to the, the twin, whichever twin is cold or it helps regulate the baby's temperature. So that's just one of those God things that, you know, is so amazing. I was just about to say that I think it really proves as well as how, how amazing that God built our bodies, period. Um, yeah. Not just as a human, but just as a woman as well. And what all we are capable of, of moving forward. So definitely. Um, so yes, this is so good. Okay. And so um, you kind of talked about it a little bit um, in regards to pumping, but what is for moms that may have to go back to work after maternity leave, or even if they may be, you know, go on a vacation or take some type of trip after, and obviously they can't be with the baby all the time in regards to breastfeeding. What, um, in regards to pumping and preparing for that transition, can you give any tips or suggestions so to that? Most moms have to go back in six to eight weeks, and I would say two to three weeks before uh, going back, I would start pumping once a day. We know that you have the most milk in the morning, so um, after you breastfeed in the morning, then pump whatever is remaining and start storing that milk up. Um, you know, label it, get some breast, breast milk storage bags, label it with the date, and then you can put that in the, in the freezer uh, for up to a year if you have it in the very bar back part of the freezer in the coldest area. Um, so you can, you can start storing that ahead if you have a good supply. You don't want to go crazy pumping around the clock every, every time after, you know, or what, it's hard to get ahead basically, and you'll kill yourself trying to feed baby and pump a whole lot. So I would just pump once a day. If you're not getting enough, then you could add in, or you feel like you're not getting enough in store storage, then you could add in a second time, maybe in the evening that you pump after you breastfeed. That will also kind of help boost your supply up a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do remember that as well. Um, you kind of said, wait about a month before you really try to start pumping, um, but it can help you increase your supply. Um, and then I think I was pumping maybe like, three times a day to try to prepare morning, afternoon, evening. But like mm -hmm. you were saying, it kind of, it depends on your supply as, as well. What I definitely learned 
um, because my friend got engorged was that breastfeeding is all about supply and demand. Yes. So, um, and that's whenever you can lead to an engorged situation. If you're pumping too much, you know, let's say you pump and then your baby's hungry and you try to feed, you try to go over here and try to do this and your body's thinking you have to give all this milk. <laughs> and so that's where you get into an engorged situation because you're breastfeeding is literally supply and demand. It's almost like, um, what is that, economy, economics? Um, <laughs> your, your, your body is economics. <laughs> and if, it, if you try to do too much, so let's say you just pump but your baby's hungry, you may be better off feeding them that pump milk than trying to feed them because then your body's like, ah. It, <laughs> it kind of just, um, just freaks out some. But yeah, so after... Mm-hmm. You say about a month after you breast, after you start yeah, breastfeeding. Yeah, you know, I would start starting up about a month to six weeks. If you're going back in eight weeks, you could start trying in six weeks or after about a month. And then now as far as when you go back or when you're actually separated from your baby, you want to make sure that you're pumping as often as you would be feeding your baby. And that's where sometimes there's a struggle with getting that time uh, to do that. Uh, but you will notice that your your supply will start to fall Um, Just simply not having your baby, having a machine instead may, it's a psychological, your hormones are not, that you're releasing are not as good. You see a machine attached. So we're not generally making as much milk when we're pumping as when we're direct breastfeeding. Also, the baby is so much more proficient at emptying the breast than a machine is. Um, That's another reason why it's really important that you, you get that time and you do pump. Uh, every two to three hours, really at the beginning. Uh, I shouldn't say two to three. If you're going back about eight weeks, you know, every four hours would probably be good to try to pump. Um, But you'll know when your breasts start getting full, that's when normally you're feeding your baby. Now, if you continue not to pump with your breasts being full, that's what's going to shut your milk making down. So it's really important that you're emptying your breasts. That's what triggers more milk. So you got to keep that milk going or it will slow down your production. Yeah. And kind of like what you were saying, your body knows like whenever your baby is hungry and it's kind of cool because um, I remember whenever I would like go to the store or something and then I would just feel like my milk just come in and I would literally, you know, five minutes yeah. later call Jane and be like, are you feeding them? And he's like, yes. Like, how did you know? I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like a letdown, like a tingle. Yes. It's like, yeah. My milk. <laughs> it's yeah. like a job. But also, um, also maybe talk to your supervisor or boss, whatever, going back to work right. about right. the schedule. Because even now, some people are not familiar with the scheduling and how important it is to keep up that supply. You know, even going back to work, you may have to have, you know, let's say most people get to work at eight. You may have to have a break at 10 and then, you know, on your lunch pump, and then in an afternoon break before you go home. And I know me, I had the pump in the car. So I was pumping all my way to work. I was pumping yeah. home from work. It's a serious schedule. Like, it's, yeah. it's not for the week. Right. <laughs> no, it is. And I will tell you that a lot of people don't know there's actually, actually laws that protect you. So if your boss acts like, you know, no, we can't do that here, well, if it's a, it's a company that has 50 or more employees, then you are protected by law. And this is in the United States. All states are, you know, part of this, that they have to provide you time and a place to pump other than, you know, a custodian's closet or a bathroom. It needs yeah, to be yeah. a designated yeah. place with a sink and a refrigerator where you can put your milk up um, and you have privacy. So, uh, you know, I've talked to so many people that 
their uh, employers just were not good with it and and they remind them hey look there's a law and then they're able to usually make it happen yeah again advocating for you and your plan and your child and then also as well so i know whenever i had joseph i had that a very similar situation i went back to work they had a doctor that was um they had a doctor that was breastfeeding but she would always go to the bathroom and I told them, I'm not going to the bathroom to pump. <laughs> like, um, I'm sorry. And it was one of those, you know, it was a small bathroom. It was cramped. It was a smelly bathroom. And um, I just told them, I'm not, I'm not pumping in there. Like I'll bring, I, at one time I was bringing an oversized shirt, like one of Jay's shirts and I was pumping in the break room. And I just told yeah. people, I'm very sorry if you're uncomfortable, but I'm not pumping in the bathroom. Like, yeah. I'm not. And like, nobody right. could see, you know, me. Right. I wasn't exposing myself, but I would just tell them I'm not pumped. Or I was like, I can go out to my car, but I refuse, right. <laughs> I refuse to pump yeah. in the smelly okay. bathroom because you're literally asking me to. Yeah, I'm like, you're literally asking me to prepare my kids' food in a bathroom. Like, I'm, I'm not doing it. So I had to stay on my ground and we worked things out. And, um, you know, I was able to find break time. And um, le- luckily, most of the faculty were women <laughs> for the owner. So... I would just rotate between them. And luckily I was working night shifts. So I only had to do this like one time. <laughs> yeah. I only had to work with them maybe about one time. And then after that, everybody was gone. So I could just do what I may. But yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, you have to stand your ground sometime. And sometimes it's, it's annoying that you have to do that. Right. <laughs> right. And you don't want to bother people. And if it's a small company, it's a little bit harder, but you know, even with men employers, um, a lot of them have had wives that have gone through this and have breastfed and they understand too, you know, um, if I heard that Roger, uh, was giving someone a hard time, he would never do that. First of all, he knows how important it is, you know, (laughs) if I heard that he was, you know, I would give him the hardest time ever. And I would say, no, you find a room for her and you find, you know, she needs her own place. And, all of that. So it's just so important. It's such a good start for mom and baby. Yeah. I had um, a doctor where I was working, his wife, and this is kind of leading into our next question, but his wife, their baby was allergic to so many foods. She was breastfeeding, but she had to stop eating so many different yeah. foods because of how it was affecting her baby. So yeah. with that, I kind of want to go into what are some good foods? I know people talk about like oatmeal kind of helping your supply, but what mm-hmm. are some good foods we should be eating while breastfeeding and what are some foods that we should not be eating. So I remember Joseph is picky. Okay. And this, this should have shown me like ahead of time. He's a picky eater now. So whenever I was breastfeeding, he was very particular. He was very sensitive to certain foods. I knew if I ate certain foods and he would eat, he would be gassy or really upset. So that should have told me how particular my child was going to be in the future. But what are some do's and don'ts in regards to um, foods that we should or should not be eating? Okay, so um, I will tell you that the studies actually show that there's no foods that can actually boost your supply. Um, You know, these lactation cookies, uh, there's no good evidence on those. However, I will tell you, I did see one study that said that oatmeal could make a small difference, like very small amount of difference uh, on boosting supply. Uh, But otherwise, we just tell you, continue taking your prenatal vitamin, eat a, a normal, healthy diet, Um, You don't have to try to eat any certain food, but if you do notice like you did that your baby is fussy or gassy with particular foods and sometimes you have to kind of figure out which food it is and it takes a little while to figure it out, 
um, then you want to be careful with that. Uh, now, spicy foods can sometimes irritate, but chances are if you ate spicy foods during your pregnancy, your baby's used to it, and it doesn't necessarily mean your baby's not going to be hand can't be able to handle the spicy foods. Basically, in your pregnancy, when you're limited to you know the the no fish you know no fish with mercury, the bigger fish, the tilefish, shark, all of that. Um, and they even tell you sometimes no lunch meat because it can be mm -hmm. contaminated easier with salmonella and yeah. you know all of those rules you don't really have those rules with breastfeeding because you have such a good filter our breasts are such a good filter um, with keeping your baby safe with with diet so um, yeah I mean there's no exact science if you're if you have a craving eat it you know uh, obviously you don't want to just eat junk food you want to keep it keep it healthy um, if you can to um, try to and yeah. then add some of that other stuff in too. but uh, your baby is going to get what your baby needs your ba your body's going to take it for that milk so you will be the one that goes without um, as far as you know the healthy foods and all of that mm -hmm. i do remember you had said <clears throat> excuse me um broccoli you were saying mm -hmm. some I don't know if it was studies, but some people may have said that like broccoli made your baby gaseous. So I remember with both of them, I did not eat broccoli <laughs> at all. I did not eat broccoli the whole time I was breastfeeding um, both of them. Um, but Joseph, I personally noticed that greasy food would make him upset. Huh. Yeah. So um, it helps me obviously kind of, you know, recovering, you know, not to have greasy food. It just kind of just helped me period. But I had noticed yeah. when I had greasy food, fried food, anything like that, that he was just, his stomach would be really upset. So I had to find ways to help him like release his gas and they, you know, like massaging the tummy and moving their legs and stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe it's what I'm eating. Like it could be me. Mm -hmm. But I noticed once I had stopped doing that, he was better. Right. So um, like she was saying, sometimes let me just observe if your baby is extra fussy um, than normal, maybe see what you're taking in and you may have to adjust it it may have to happen um so kind of wrapping up what are the no's to breastfeeding um what are some things that um again if a first-time mom was coming to a situation that she should know breastfeeding should not be like i guess okay so um a big one i can think of is that so many people hear from other people that breastfeeding is so painful and the first thing I would tell you is that you could, you will probably have some generalized soreness, but it should not be a pinching sharp pain. That's not normal. So if you're, if you're feeling that, or if you notice skin breakdown, you know, your nipples are, are, are really starting to get real raw and red. And um, like with fair skin, you can definitely have red nipples, but if they start getting raw, like really chapped and uh, kind of broken down yeah. and chances are you may not be latching the baby deep enough. And so um, I, what I would do is call, if you have a lactation consultant um, call in the hospital, call and have them check your latch and just make sure that that baby's latching deep. They can give you help with certain positions. Hopefully you can take a class before you deliver to learn about positions mm -hmm. and uh, you know, but utilize that lactation consultant. So often I had moms that were having pain and I'd write my number on the board and say, hey, call me at the next breastfeeding. I'll come help you and check your latch. And they would never call. And a lot of them then would say I wasn't able to breastfeed and they would call and ask for formula. 
You know, if, if your true desire is to breastfeed, then utilize us because that's why we're there, you know? Um, so that would be one thing I definitely would say. That's, it's not true when people tell you breastfeeding is so painful. Well, if it's that painful, probably they were doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you also with my first baby, I was very raw and I did, um, I did <laughs> have to use a little bit of lanolin which if you need to use something, that would be the thing to use. But first, before you use the lanolin, just try to use your own colostrum. That's much better than lanolin because anytime you're putting an ointment on, the uh, chance of you getting infections greater because you're, you know, you're putting foreign, you know, you're touching your nipple and you just changed a poo-poo diaper and always make sure you wash your hands real good first use your colostrum because it has so many antibodies in it to help heal your nipple. But if you needed something else, like you were feeling chapped, lanolin would be the one to use. Don't buy all that nipple butter cream, all that stuff that you're, you know, because that has all kinds of ingredients in it that we don't even know what they all are. So um, that would be really one of the things to know. Um, I remember you had said that as well. And I remember I had bought some just in case I never used it. Cause literally after every feeding, I would go and I would just rub some of that milk and just rub it on my nipple and my areola and keep it pushing. You're not going to get, I think some people, you may hear this be like, Ugh, like it's not going to turn into like spoiled milk. Like it's, <laughs> you're not going to get like anything weird, but, um, but yeah, definitely. And utilize whenever you're pregnant, ask whoever your delivery doctor is, um, if you're going to a hospital, you know, if they have classes, most times right. hospitals have these classes, they have, um, and they're free, they're free classes you can go to, you know, um, most of the time they'll also have, um, or they even have tours of the labor and delivery areas. I know sometimes for first time moms, you don't know what to expect. I didn't right. have anybody around me that had had kids before. So I had never, well, I had one time, I had never been into a labor and delivery. I never knew what that looked like. Mm -hmm. So ask about that, go and tour. And then again, utilize your resource. If there's a lactation person on board for both of my kids, even with Gemma, even though I felt like I was an expert, I still, even with Gemma was like, Hey, can I have a lactation specialist? I want to be sure that like you were saying, my latch is good, um, that she's eating well, that everything is going well. I don't want to just be like, Oh yeah, like I've done this. It's fine. No, ask the questions because there are people there that are there for you and for your baby to help you out to make sure that if this was a plan or something that you want to do let's be sure that it starts off well so you guys can continue whenever you go home in the future um so oh sorry were there any more knots of what breastfeeding should not be like should not be like um oh off the top it's like, of my that's head. really the biggest one <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's the biggest one but uh also just it should not be that stressful you know like i was saying at the very beginning some women just are just in turmoil because of one reason or another that it's not working seek help you know get help uh and um also a lot of hospitals have donor milk available now um if this it depends. It depends on the mother's, like for instance, here in this area, we have the Mother's Milk Bank of North Texas. If they have an overabundance amount that they can give to or sell to the hospitals, they will. Um, the NICU babies get the, get the milk first. So if there's not enough for NICU, then the floors will not get it. But like JPS keeps it in stock at, you know, the facility and 90 
95% of the time they have donor milk available if you need to supplement a little bit. So that's a great benefit and it's very safe. You know, donor milk is um, tested before moms are tested, then it's tested before they even, you know, uh, pasteurize it and then they test it after they pasteurize it and the heating process would kill anything. So, um, and you only lose a few of the antibodies, really not much at all. So it's very, very safe alternative if you need extra milk um, to supplement. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So people, um, again, if you're in the situation of breastfeeding and you need extra assistance, or if you are a breastfeeding mom that maybe has some extra supply, maybe you've stopped breastfeeding and you have some extra, see if maybe donation in your area. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole other subject though, because you have okay. to be careful. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. You have to yeah, be careful. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if it's your sister and you know where she's been and <laughs> not on any illicit drugs, because there are some people that could have just had a baby that may be on drugs, but they need some extra money. I mean, you just, you don't want to be too trusting. Sure. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. If there's no one testing the milk, then. Yes. Well, yeah. And I know Definitely they have a reputable source. <laughs> Definitely go reputable source. reputable source. Mother's uh, Milk Bank of North Texas, pasteurized milk, or someone you know well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So kind of wrapping it up. So obviously I had you as a resource, but some women may just hear the trend of breastfeeding may want to do it, but they may not have the resources. What are something or certain websites or um, maybe um, different things they can look up that they could see um, different resources of lactation consultants in their areas? Right. So the best book that I have found for not for like someone who's learning to be a lactation consultant, but someone who wants to breastfeed and wants to know, have knowledge about it b beforehand, uh, would be The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. Uh, it's an amazing book. It was written by the La Leche League, um, and it has some really good information in it. So um, another good uh, resource really is La Leche League. Look it up online and there's chapters all over and you can go to group meetings. I don't know how they're doing it now with COVID, but maybe they're all Zoom meetings and you, other moms are there to help you. It's like peer support um, and they can help you based on their experiences. And then you've also got a lactation consultant that's kind of helping the meeting flow. And, you know, is that backup for, um, you know, helping where it's needed, basically. So um, that, those would be the two resources that I would really recommend. Um, there is a lot of information online, but you have to be careful where you get that information. There's a mm -hmm. lot of opinions out there that are not based on research. And so you really have to be careful who you're listening to. And just like, you know, everyone wants to give you their breastfeeding experience and why it was horrible and, and you know, or why it was great and everything was perfect and they never had to supplement or mm -hmm. just, you know, it's just, it's better to, to um, get your information from a good source. The other stuff, yeah, you can listen to it, but don't, yeah, don't take it to the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and again, if you, are wanting to breastfeed and maybe you're, you know, at some point you do have to supplement some type of formula in there. Cause I, at eight months with Joseph, he was out eating me. He was, my supply yeah. could not keep up with him. So although I breastfed him until one, 
there was still times where we had to give formula and have to do had to do breastfed milk with cereal like we just had to do different things because he was just he was a hungry little child but um so you know do what you can and don't feel bad again and this kind of just goes with um, motherhood in general don't feel bad if what you had planned changes it doesn't mean you're a bad mom doesn't mean right. you did anything wrong or anything like that um it's just some things just happen that way and and that's okay so um thank you so much for coming on jana and for sharing everything i'm sure you guys have to do another one if you yes. decide like, a question a question answer session or be cool. you, know, you want me to talk about a specific subject or anything like that yeah no it was awesome thank you again for coming on um and ladies we will be with you back with you next week have a good one